welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. We continue on with Acts chapter 9. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days... He was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem, of those who called upon this name? Has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength, and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord, and he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists. But they were still seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit it multiplied.
Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you, rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please, come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then, calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. This is the word of the Lord. Our text today begins with the conversion account of Saul, who becomes to us the Apostle Paul, although that doesn't happen uh, the name change doesn't seem to happen immediately. Um, so this is one where your children probably already know the account, so you can let them tell you about Saul's conversion um, and see what they know and you know fill in in the details as you read the text together. I Here it is at the start. He's still seeking to murder Christians. And that word is used, right? Threats and murder against the disciples. He goes to the high priest, probably still Caiaphas at the time, the same one who had uh, been so active in, in the crucifixion of Jesus. And he asks for letters. That's uh, a show of authority that he has the ability to do what it is that he's doing. To the synagogues at Damascus. So turning the Jews there against the Christians that might be present, um, getting them to hand them over. If he found any belonging to the way, uh, that's the first name of the Christian church. Uh, we're not actually called Christians yet at that point. Uh, Christians comes along as an insult. Uh, we've talked about it within our church circles as meaning little Christ, followers of Christ. And so it was meant to be an insult by those who gave us the name. Instead, the early church went by the words of Jesus himself. Think of John 14, verse 6, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus' own statement becomes the basis for the name of the church. But again, making fun of us, mocking us, they started calling us followers of Christ, and the name stuck. As you then look as the text continues, uh, he's going to Damascus, which is in Syria. It, it was for a while, at least the capital of Syria. And it's off to the northeast of the Sea of Galilee on a map, probably by 60, 70, 75 miles, something like that. He hears a voice. Uh, this he, he receives, not, it's not really a vision in the sense of prophetic visions of old. This is the Lord appearing to him. Not physically, but verbally. 
as he's not the only one that hears, right? Verse 7, the men around him, other Jews, maybe temple guards themselves, they stand speechless because they too heard the voice, but they saw no one. There's nothing here saying that, that Saul sees Jesus either, but he hears him. He hears the spoken word of God directly to him in this monumentous event, in this God's direct revelation in the New Testament era is not common. It's not to say God can't. He just works in other ways. And here's an exception to that. So Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? This is like Matthew chapter 25 in the judgment scene uh, that Jesus portrays for us where the, the ones who get to enter into life on, at the judgment are those who have visited Jesus when he was sick and, and fed him when he was hungry, clothed him when he was naked. And, and the response is, when did we do all these things? And whatever you've done for one of these, the least of these, my brothers, you have done to me. And vice versa with those who don't enter into life because they didn't do these things for Jesus. They were baffled. And he responded that it's because they didn't do these things for the least brother. So not caring for the church, the disciples. And, and that's exactly what Saul's been doing. Saul has been harming the disciples, not helping them. Um, so he's, by persecuting the disciples, he's persecuting Jesus. Another way to look at that is the bride language. As the bride of Christ, we are one with him. And so what is done to us is done to him. And so he is, Christ is suffering with us. And, and he calls Saul to repent. Rise, enter the city, do what you'll be told to do, basically. Um, and that's, that's, that Saul would listen and follow that directive is repentance. It's turning from what he was going to do, and it's obeying the will of the Lord. And so this is good. This is a good act of, of repentance here that we see from Saul. And he no longer sees anything for the next few days, um, nor does he eat or drink. That's a sign of fasting. And, and, and again, that pairs with that repentance idea. Um, Christians sometimes fast as part of their repentance. We get another Ananias living in Damascus. This is not the same as the one in chapter 5 that did not give the fullness of his his sale of his land to the Lord. Um, this is a different man. And he is given a vision. So this is different. It's not the same as the appearances to Saul. This is a, a vision, as, as the Lord would often do for his Old Testament prophets. And just like they would respond, here I am, so does he. Um, not sure what else we would say in a moment like that. Verse 12, um, he then instructs him to restore sight to Saul. Verse 13, Ananias, and you can imagine, right? This is the guy who's who's actually killing or bringing about the death of your people. Why are you why do you want me to heal him? And this is a chance to have that conversation with your children about loving your enemy. Could you do this? If someone were looking to harm you, could you help them? Would you come to their aid? Uh, and that's the basic instruction here from the Lord. But it is more than that, as the Lord then reveals to Ananias his plan, that he is going to make Saul his chosen instrument to carry his name before Gentiles, children of Israel, so that's all people, with just those two groups, 
and the kings as well. We know that Saul will eventually take the gospel before Caesar. Uh, Nero, in the 60s, Nero does not listen, um, but instead will ultimately make Paul into a martyr at that time. Well, within a couple years of that time. Now, uh, it's interesting in verse 13, 14, sorry, that, that Ananias is aware of why Saul is coming. He knows that he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on the name of Jesus. So word is getting around. But Jesus continues to say um, to go and do this thing that Saul will suffer for the sake of the name of Jesus. The opposite of before. He brought suffering to people who called on his name. Now he will be one to suffer for the name. And the New Testament says, so will we, dear brothers and sisters. Verse 17 Ananias lays hands on him. So the, the act of sharing the faith with the, the brother there, sharing the Holy Spirit, that Saul might also be one who can perform the, the miracles like that very one there, uh, that he regains his sight. He calls him brother. Saul is in the church. He's one of our brothers in Christ. That's something we rejoice for uh, because we know the good that God worked through him. We rejoice in that that wonderful day that Saul became a part of our church. And we really, we rejoice that way for any new Christian. We see that in the, the gospel accounts is there is much rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. He takes food and he is strengthened. He then goes about proclaiming the gospel in the next several verses, which is interesting because the people know Right, if you look at verse 21, just like Ananias, they knew why he had come to Jerusalem. And now they hear him proclaiming the name of Jesus. They're baffled. Um, confounded is the word used in verse 22 there. And he's proving to them that Jesus was the Christ. Which is interesting. Um, we often hear today in our, our Lutheran circles that you cannot use apologetics to win someone over to the faith. Apologetics is the field of research to defend our faith with. So when somebody says, oh, the Bible wasn't really written by God, it's just written by men, they made it up in the 4th century. Apologetics is what gives us the answer to that question. That no, it was actually, we, we have copies that predate the 4th century, um, is an example, an illustration of that. Um, talking about the historicity of Jesus as a, as a field of apologetics. And so that's what Paul is using here. Saul, sorry. Yeah, we haven't called him Paul yet in the text. Um, the point being simply to say that the Holy Spirit can work how he pleases. The Holy Spirit might work through apologetics to soften a heart or to, to bring about repentance. We don't know. We're just given to speak the word. And the Spirit will do what the Spirit wills. And the Spirit will work. Our first notable time jump in the book appears in verse 23. Many days have passed. We're not told how long, just many days. And at this point, the Jews are turned against Saul. Uh, they want to kill him as he had been seeking to kill Christians before. But it becomes known, and so his, his disciples, so the, the people that are working with him, that are following him because of how, how strong the ministry is with him, um, they they show they they get him out of there. They lower him down in a basket out of a window in the wall of the city. Capital cities like Damascus often had fortifications, and it wasn't uncommon for homes to be built right into the wall. That's what you see in the Old Testament with Rahab. But here, 
This is probably something you don't want to reenact with your kids. If you're looking for devotion ideas, don't open the window and lower them down on a basket. And I guess if you're like an engineer and you're really sure about that, maybe. But I wouldn't go for it. Anyway, um, the text continues here. He, he returns at that point to Jerusalem looking to join with the disciples. We had read in previous chapters, back in Acts chapter 2, for example, that they were together. They worshipped together every day. They uh, broke bread together. He wants to join in with that, and they're afraid. A great chance to talk about what fear is with your children and to ask them if they're trusting in the Lord here. Fear and trust, or fear and faith, because faith and trust are the same thing. Fear and faith are opposites. If you are afraid, you do not trust. If I'm afraid of the weather, I'm not trusting that the Lord is going to protect me. If I'm afraid that I'm not going to have any food to eat, that I won't be able to provide for my family, I'm actually not trusting that the Lord will provide for me. If I'm afraid of illness, I'm not trusting that the Lord has me in the palm of his hand. Fear and trust are opposites of each other. We are called by the New Testament to fear nothing except for God alone. Um, Jesus says that in, I think it's Matthew chapter 10, that you are not to fear that which can kill the body, but only that which can kill both the body and soul, which is a reference to God himself in the judgment. So, eventually, Barnabas stands up for him. Barnabas and Paul, Saul will be traveling together soon. We'll see that. Um, but for now, Barnabas brings him to the disciples. And realizing the Hellenists are seeking to kill him, they get him out of there too. They send him off to Tarsus, which is where he's from. Um, Saul of Tarsus, we have heard before in the text. Um, yeah, up in verse 11 of this chapter, a man of Tarsus named Saul. So essentially, he's going home. Now, Tarsus is a port city on the Mediterranean Sea up on the northeastern part of the Mediterranean Sea, um, kind of the, the region that we would call Asia Minor or Turkey, uh, as we think of the geography today. So the Lord, through converting Saul, who was the major persecutor of the church, puts an end, at least temporarily, to the first great persecution of Christians in history. And they live in the fear of the Lord instead, and they live in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So those are a couple of interesting terms um, that lead to the church growing, multiplying, as more disciples become part of the family. And then you get a couple of healing miracles in the rest of the text. One at Lydda, which is 20 to 30 miles to the northwest of Jerusalem. And then a little bit further northwest from there, a port city on the Mediterranean Sea called Joppa, you get the second one. So Peter is going to heal An- Aeneas um, in Lydda, and Sharon is the name of the plains of which Lydda is a, a one of the villages or cities or towns. Tabitha is also Dorcas, um, which both names, they're different languages, both names mean gazelle. She was a worker, a good work, and she gave a lot to charity. She gets sick and dies. And you can see the picture in verse 39, right? All the widows weeping, mourning her, um, so you can imagine a funeral today where we have all the people gathered gathered together. They're sorrowful over the death. And there's a whole bunch of pictures around and maybe some of the things that they made. And, and the women are showing off, you know, what she's done. 
they're thankful that she had been part of their community, but they're sad that she's gone. And Peter sends them out, and he prays, and he raises her from the dead. That's a big event, right? To see, to see one of the disciples raise the dead. Uh, Jesus had done that certainly in the New Testament, um, but this is, this is new, right? I don't think I'm blanking on another time that the disciples raised someone from the dead. So this is big news. And he presents her to them alive, and they believed. Many in that area believed, and he stays there for many days, sharing the gospel, teaching that church as they are just getting started.